Good morning. We're looking at uh, Psalm 23 and we're thinking about this verse, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. We've considered previously what the shadow of death means to an unbeliever, a person that's never made Jesus their Lord and Saviour. I sincerely pray that anyone listening today that is still in that condition will revisit what we spoke of and ask the Lord to open their eyes. However, today we're going to be considering what happens when a Christian dies, which is an altogether different matter. Let me also say before we embark on this really important subject, death, even that of a Christian, is not something to celebrate. It's an enemy and a cause for deep sorrow and many tears including that of our beloved Saviour. He knew in infinitely greater measure than us what sin and consequent death means to mankind. When he saw the sorrow of those he loved in Bethany, Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Bible, but I believe the world itself isn't big enough to contain the fullness of what it meant to him to weep. You see, his preeminent purpose for coming wasn't, as I've often heard people say, as our example, it was to die. Jesus says he beca- Scripture says, rather, he became a little lower than the angels with a view to the suffering of death. And what a death that was. It was a vicarious death, meaning on the behalf of others. He was the Prince of Life, the Lord of Glory. Death had no claim on him. The wages of sin is death, but he is the sinless Son of God. His death is pictured for us in the crossing of God's people, Israel, over the river Jordan when it overflowed all its banks at harvest time. But the people went over on dry ground. Just as we Christians will walk through the valley, so to say, on dry ground. It was because the ark of God's covenant, a picture of the Lord Jesus, went into the river Jordan before them, and scripture says the waters became a heap and were cut off until all the people had passed over. The reason we believers can experience all these blessings is because of what the Lord Jesus has done in his death and resurrection. He says in Revelation chapter 1, I am he that liveth and became dead, and behold I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and of death. Hebrews chapter 2 says, Through death he destroyed or rendered powerless him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. 1 Corinthians 15 says, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Thanks be unto God that giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But to return to Psalm 23, Let's firstly notice the language used in the verse, and particularly the following seven words or expressions. Through. It's a doorway, not a destination. Valley. It's an open-ended valley, not a pit. Shadow. It's a shadow, but has no substance. No fear. It's an enemy but it's been totally vanquished. Thou art with me. 
I'll not be alone. His presence will be by my side. Thy rod and thy staff. I'm weak, but his authority and his support is my strength. Comfort. I've struggled, but he'll be my rest and my peace. What encouraging words for such a subject. I'm only going to have time to think of the first of these this morning. Death is not a destination for a Christian. It's a pathway from one place to another place, from earth to heaven, from being absent from our Lord to being present with him. Do you remember in Luke's Gospel, chapter 16, Jesus spoke about two men, one a rich man and the other a beggar? Incidentally, this isn't about whether you're rich or poor. It's about the rich man having no faith in God and no compassion for others, and the beggar having faith and trusting in his God. Jesus pulled back the curtain on what happens when a person dies. It's not pleasant reading about what happened to the rich unbeliever. But what I particularly want us to hone in, hone in on is what happened when Lazarus died, whose name, incidentally, means God is my helper. Scripture says, or Jesus said, he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom or paradise. You see, Abraham is the one whose faith is used in Scripture as an example for those that believe. Isn't that such a comfort to our hearts? carried by the angels into the immediate presence of our beloved Lord Jesus. Our destination is heaven where he is, not death. That's just the doorway. Jesus said in his prayer to his Father in John chapter 17, I will that those whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they might behold my glory which thou hast given me. That glory is, of course, the glory that he that he received because of his accomplishment in his obedient death on Calvary. My grandfather-in-law, apparently, was, a, <clears throat> was quite a big man, and when he died, my wife was just a little child. Her father told her that her granddad died and that he'd been taken by the angels to heaven. She said, "'How did they get him through that little window?' She wasn't surprised about the angels, just about the inadequate size of the window. But isn't this such a beautiful thing, that as Psalm 91 says, he gives his angels charge over us, to keep us, and here especially to carry us into his prepared, eternal heaven and home. You see, when we trusted Christ for salvation, we became pilgrims. A pilgrim is a person who is away from home, and a person who is going home. The Bible says our citizenship is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Child of God this morning, one day, perhaps soon, we're going home. And some of those we've known and loved are already or are already there. God willing, we'll continue our consideration of the verse next time. But this is the message for you today. God bless you.